Welcome to another segment of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. And here tonight, we have a special guest, my friend, Big Earn from the Big and Tall Comedy. What's up, everybody? So let me ask you this first. How'd you get involved in comedy? Um, it's a, It was, an, it was um, an accident. Um, Actually, I was supposed to go um, audition, like, you know, do a couple of minutes for um, a comedian friend of mine. And uh, the thing is, I try to explain to people is I've never done comedy up to that point. You know, it was always hanging out with buddies, having a beer or whatever, and saying funny stuff and keeping them laughing. To me, hanging out funny is different from writing material and getting on stage funny. So I'm there the night. He has a show. He gave me a, a notepad and a Sharpie. And he's like, you know, write down some stuff. And, you know, if you're up for it at the end of the night, I'll put you on. So, you know, it got to be like 1.30 in the morning. The show ran late. You know, I've had plenty of rum and cokes at that point. I'm like, look, I'm not going to do anything. I didn't write anything. I wrote I wrote Facebook and lying, cheating women were the only two lines I wrote on this piece of paper. You know, he's like, okay, I understand. And then, you know, it was just like TV. He said, he's like, hey, everybody you got a few more minutes and stuff before you go. He's like, put your hands together for my buddy Big Earn. So he forced me on stage. I did six minutes on face about Facebook. People enjoyed it. I went home and I wrote jokes and I never looked back. And that guy is Joe Face Becker. He's a comedian here locally in um in Broome County. Mm-hmm. That's how I accidentally fell into that. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, how'd you meet your partner Mike Bova from Beating Hall? All right, so Mike Bova, um, what happened was that he needed a um he needed a feature for a show he was doing um for the ASO Town um veterans there in um in Utica, and so I answered, and so I went up there and I did the show. I did 20 solid minutes. He really liked it. You know what I mean? So um, I was performing. I was competing in the Utica Cup um, later on that year. So he came down to show support. And after one of the shows, after the competition, I placed in third. I told him, I was like, you know, I was considering going on tour. He's like, would you like to join me? And he said, absolutely. And so it was supposed to be called the American Frenzy Tour. But somebody took a picture of he and I together. And I noticed the size disparity in height. So I'm like, uh, maybe you're more like the big and tall comedy tour. You know what I mean? Because I'm five foot nothing. Mike's like six foot everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and that's how that came about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how you guys came up with the name and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that nice marketing strategy, you know? Eh, it's obvious when you see it side by side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned uh, something about raising money for veterans. What's that all about? It comes to our viewers, what you do. Well, one of the things that people don't understand is that there's over 20 million, 20 million vets and counting, um, you know, here in our country. And there's no real services for them, Nick. You know, like um, you go to, you go to, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of programs for drug addicts and people like that. And, you know, half of them don't even want help. But, you know, the veterans want help. And, you know, it's almost like they need to beg for it. You know what I mean? And even where they even need to beg for it, they don't get it. And, and, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? So when we do these shows um, at these legions, you know, we give up 40% of, of the take. And then when we're not performing at the actual legions and we're performing in the town that has a legion or um, uh, a VF, you know, or, you know, a VOA or something like that, excuse me, a VFW or something like that, um, that we, we give them up to 20%. Depends on how much they help us, you know, participate in marketing it. 
you know, and, and letting people know so we can raise the funds so they can get a percentage of it. But overall, we really want to help as much as we can um, for the vets, you know, because they're just not getting the funding that they need. And so we help. And and leading up to March 9th, before the 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 pandemic hit and we were quarantined, um, we were nearly up to $2,000 that we have raised so far on the year for 2020. And it came all to a screeching halt. <laughs> it was just sad. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this pandemic really sucks for everyone. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, so have you ever seen, like, any – this is one of that question I didn't send you. Have you ever seen, like, any direct, like, impact? From, like, do you guys send them the money directly? Um, yeah, because of the fact that um, – all right. Now, the ones that we don't actually do at the Legion – Mm-hmm. Mike will give Mike will give them uh you know Mike will cut them a check or whatever and Mike keeps track of that as far as you know through the checkbook but then when we actually do it at the actual legions of VFWs they actually collect the money so they get their forty percent firsthand you know mm-hmm. from the door you yeah. know unless unless it's bought unless it's paid for through like um uh, an event bride or something like that which once again you know Mike will make sure he covers getting them the check or as a matter of fact um. North American talent will make sure that they get the check. You know who we work for. You know who we get booked for. You know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. So let me ask you this: Where do you get your joke inspiration from? Usually, like life. Uh, actually, you know, life is so funny. Like for instance, um, perfect example. You know, um, I was leaving a pizza shop a few years ago, and as I left the pizza shop, I held the door open for a lady. Caucasian lady, of course. And for some reason, she looked me dead in my face. And she goes, oh, my God, I forgot to lock my car. And so I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I was able to remind you of these things. You know what I mean? Like, why looking at me reminded you to lock your car? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? So just life experiences. You know what I mean? I find it funny. I was at my church. Um, I was healing from my injury. So I'm sitting in a wheelchair and I'm serving drinks. So we got milk, chocolate milk lemonade and water gentleman comes up he goes can i have some white milk and i go excuse me he goes may i have some white milk and i'm like nah he's messing with me so i point to the chocolate milk and i go this is he goes chocolate and i go okay i never heard it referred to as white milk before so it's always been regular milk and chocolate milk so i thought he was messing with me you know what i mean so those are the little life experiences that i, that I come across regularly that are humorous to me, so I translate it because people can see where I'm coming from. You know, could you imagine you being a man of color? You're holding the door open for a white woman, and she goes, "Oh my God, I forgot to lock my car." The minute she looks at you, exactly. Damn. Exactly. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know we're no, we're, we're, you know, we're no disrespect to you, but it's like somebody looking at you. You hold the door, and she goes, "Oh my God, I'm short on funds." Yeah. Really? It's like they look at me and they go, I, I forgot I have to go pick up my kid. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, who wants that crap? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's just little things, experiences, um, your imagination. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, because if you can think it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I sit there and, and you look at labels, the uh, our T-shirts. It'll tell you, like, made in China, made in Taiwan. So you ever wonder if there's a kid over there with a T-shirt and on his label that says, like, made across the street, made next <laughs> time over. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, you know. So you know, just 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 little simple things that you know, life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Now you mentioned it before. You know, COVID sucks. Obviously. Um, Where where do you see going forward? Like, like for example, um, comedy shows. What changes do you see from there? As far as my comedy? Like where like comedy, maybe like comedy venues. Like what do you personally see changing through all of this? Um well to be honest with you, um if you pay attention, it seems like it depends on where you go. You know, they're gonna have like these guidelines, you know, behind mm-hmm. you know, behind life and everything, you know, mask here, you know, social distancing there, all that. You know what I mean? Um I think eventually with time, once people start practicing these things like they have been, slowly but surely some things will get back to normal. You know what I mean? Venues, you know, um, life is chaotic right now with everything that's going on, which isn't isn't a subject we're going to really touch on right now. But life is chaotic and it's very sensitive right now. So I think we just have to handle it, you know, the way we are now, just take steps slowly and see where we end up from there. But I do see it slowly but surely getting back to its norm. You know what I mean? It's just it's just a whole bunch of chaos and, you know, people touching on this, people accusing people of this, and, you know, a lot of people are at odds over this and that. People aren't seeing eye to eye. So it's creating a lot of unnecessary tension. Um, You know, people who were once friends aren't really friends right now because of the tension. So, you know, you have to sit there and look at these things and, and just... You can't be emotional as you go through it all. So try to have a level head. You know what I mean? And if people don't see eye to eye with you, which is fine. You know, but everyone can. You know, just move on. You know what I mean? And, and deal with what you can make a change on. You know what I mean? And and but besides that, you know, not to get back off it, I, I see things getting back to normal just in, in due time. It'll just take a little bit of time. Yeah. But we'll get there with the venues and everything. Yeah. And what do you hope for when things get back to normal? Like, what do you hope to see? Um, I hope to see um, a little bit more understanding um, amongst people. Um, instead of people using um, one incident as the whole and making it, making it such a huge... What, 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 what occurred is bad, but, but what people need to understand is we just need to come together whether we see eye to eye or not, we just need to learn to be fair to one another. And that's the bottom line. That's the only way to move forward. You know what I mean? We just can't keep this disparity and what's right for one isn't right for the other. No, no. What's right for one is right for all. You know what I mean? And we just need to live that. As we, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Be, you know, we're supposed to be all one. So let, let's try. Let's hope. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you're always going to have those people that was going to um, play the fence. And they're going to pit this person against this person while they're sitting on the fence. And that's what they'll do. You know what I mean? You always get those who love to start the shit and take a step back. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it is. It's up to you to pick your battles. Absolutely. Be a free thinker. Yeah. That's some great advice. Now, speaking of advice, let's say there's someone out there who wants to go into comedy or is a practicing comedian. What advice do you have for them? Um, put on a thick skin and learn to take constructive criticism. If there's someone you admire and you feel that they're telling you things for your own good, 
but yet you don't like the way they're saying it to you. Some people don't have the class and the cooth to do things in a certain way. So they're just very direct about it. How it be? Just have a thick skin, have constructive criticism. You know, learn to deal with that. Don't use it as 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 someone using it as a tool to break to you know to break you down. Some people are actually building you up with that tool. Just learn to try to identify it. Of course, you're gonna get your haters in this game who are gonna try to you know say things. You know, be like, oh, if you if you seem to be rising a little too quickly in their eyes, they're gonna have to say something to try to stump your growth. You know, what I mean? man. Whatever. There's comedians who've come on the scene years after I have, and you know they've gotten headlining gigs, you know, past me, and you know they're getting all this. It is what it is. People like them a little bit more. You know what I mean? They're putting in the work that other people like. You can't, you you can't be comparing yourself to others. That's another thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, record, record your sets, whether it's an open mic or not. Record your sets because people will try to accuse you. Of stealing a joke from someone else. So then when you can prove, hey, look, I did this joke here and when, and you can put it up against another person's timeline. And at the end of the day, Nick, which is the funniest thing of it all, you always get another comedian accusing another comedian of using another comedian's joke. Not 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 that comedian who's accusing him. It isn't like I'm accusing you of using my shit, Nick. Oh, you're using Mike Boba's joke. Eh? It's between you and Mike fucking Boba. That's <laughs> not my fucking... But that's between you and him. I got to worry when you steal my joke. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Or if I feel your joke is similar to mine. But always record your stuff, guys. It's important. <laughs> Have a thick skin. Take constructive criticism. Record your shit. You know what I mean? So in case someone tries to say you plagiarized and you can prove you said the joke first or presented it in that deliver. Oops. Sorry. Hey, listen, we're out of quarantine. They're calling all over again for my car's warranty. <laughs> you know, but that, that's it, guys, right there. Thick skin, constructive criticism. Record your shit. You know what I mean? And just keep practicing your craft. You know what I mean? Don't think that, oh, I've done a joke for six months now. It's time to write new stuff. You can always write new stuff. But keep practicing that first stuff until you can recite it backwards, till you can modify it on the fly. You have to know the joke inside out. You know, like you know, like you have that grandfather that tells you the same story over and over again, but he changes it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's the same story. That's what you got to do. So then you can always, you know, change it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Be that grandpa with the same bullshit ass story. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in your opinion, what's one of the best shows you've done so far? In your opinion, um, you broke up there. In, in, in my opinion, what? Um, what's one of the best shows you've done so far? Oh, one of the best shows I've done so far. Um, I will honestly have to say were the Funny Bones at Syracuse and Albany. Um, but also we did a show uh, for a legion at Mount Union, uh, Mount Union, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was so incredible. Um, we did it. Um, it was a last minute show. It was on a two week notice. Um, they overbooked and. That night, people kept calling and were getting turned away at the door to come see the show. It was just so amazing. Best show by far, Mont Union, Pennsylvania. Great show. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Now, um, now speaking of shows, do you guys have any shows coming up? 
Yeah, yeah. We got a show tomorrow night um in Watertown. Um it's it's for the zoo there in Watertown. Um you have it that man, I'm so forgetful all the time. I think it's called the State Zoo. Oh man, I hate to I would hate to say that incorrectly. Give me a quick sec. Let me find it. Right Bear with me. There's something going on. I'm still here, Nick. I'm look, I'll find it. Uh-huh. Just like you know, I'm still here, little brother. Just, Sounds I, good. I Sounds good. All right. Big and tall comedy tour. Yeah, we're going to be in Watertown. Let me see here. Is that the New York State Zoo at Thompson Park? So the fundraiser is going to be at the New York State Zoo at Thompson at Thompson Park at Thompson Park. Thompson. Thompson. Oh, jeez, I just said it. I just. I'm sorry, Zoo you're people. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I know they're like this guy sucks. He's going to sit there perform for us. Can't even say where we're gonna be at. <laughs> I assume there was the water town. Look, look, it's it's <laughs> all right. It's going to be at. Oh my god, this is terrible, dude. The screen keeps flipping every time I try to get in. It keeps flipping on me. Uh. The New York State Zoo at Thompson Park. That's where it's gonna be at. The New York State Zoo. At Thompson Park in Watertown, New York. The Big and Tall Comedy Tour is going to be there. And we're going to be performing. Um, Mike Bova, I wish he was with us here because Mike Bova has the details. He's currently in Watertown setting up right now as we speak. Making sure that the pay-per-view um, camera's all set up. You know, the, the feed is going to be great. Um, the, the pay-per-view is $27 per household. That includes tax, fees, and everything. You know, so you can get... Bunch of friends over, sit around the living room. You know what I mean? Catch us on the, you know, on the boob tube, as y'all call it. You know what I mean? Like y'all do UFC fights. Remember someone big, give me three dollars and come over to the house and watch the fight. You can come watch the pay per view. Twenty seven dollars. Invite your friends over. You know what I mean? It's gonna be me, and Mike Bova. You know what I mean? Nick Sorensen is telling you, Mick Sorensen will be with us one year. I'll be one of these shows. Not one year, one show. You, we're gonna be working with Nick. Nick Nick's in the making. He got a thick skin. He knows what it is. Right, Nick, you know you know mm-hmm. you deal with a lot of nonsense as it is, right? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I imagine, man. I imagine, brothers, just people. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You mentioned someone earlier, like you mentioned the lady earlier who was like, you gotta lock my door. Have you ever <laughs> run into like any worse situations or anything like that? Like any other situations that you just went home and said, I gotta write that down before I figure who that was, dude. Oh, geez. Um, one of my favorites mm-hmm. is um because I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban. Um, I, I have a couple of good good Caucasian friends, of course. Um, I was called the N-word once and I was very upset about it. And they told me why be upset? They go, You're Puerto Rican and Cuban, you don't count. And I go, What? I, you know what I mean? So it came to me, I go, uh, they don't check IDs when it comes to lynchings. So that gave me a lot to write about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Trying to say that I don't count. You get up on the weekend in Cuban, like, no, I count. They're not gonna, you know what I mean? So I wrote a whole bit about it. I'm, I'm not gonna go into it to take up 
time on the interview, you know, this, we could exhaust yeah. it to another Dick actually see that bit. Um, but I wrote a whole bit about it. It's like seven minutes long. I dealt with that situation where no motherfucker, I count. <laughs> I count. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, oh, and tomorrow night is going to be a big test. It's my first ever TV clean show. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're testing me tomorrow. Oh, yeah. No, no alcohol in this blood tomorrow. <laughs> I could honestly see you being that guy who says something and messes up and then says something like, shit, I sound like that. And then, wait, did I just say that? F. Oh, come on. What the? It just it like goes down that slope, you know? Like, oh, just God. To the point where, like, Bob is telling the camera guy, like, cut the cord, cut the cord, cut the cord. But the producers are in the, producers are in the background saying, commercial, commercial, commercial. Sad part is, like, I'm not like Dave Chappelle or nobody, so if I made that mistake, I can't get away with it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I can't get away with that mistake. They would hate me. Uh-huh. <laughs> they would hate me in Watertown. <laughs> oh, the zoo. Oh, the zoo people would hate me. You know what I mean? Trust me. It's good. I'm going to be treading lightly. I got what well, half my set is knock knock jokes. Just let you know. <laughs> I, I can just see, I can just see uh, Mike in the back and like the back of the phone. Lord help me. Like just. I, the whole, I'm just his eyes. If they get wide, I know I fucked up. Uh, did you say that? I thought you were gonna cut that out. I <laughs> I thought so too, Mike. I I, I no. I'm gonna really work hard. I got I gonna you know because the cool thing is that we're gonna be on a video feed. So I was even thinking of cheating and having a notepad, to be honest with you, and having it right next to the to the phone because we're gonna be on on a video feed. You know what I mean? So just in case, you know, just to keep me like no cursing, no cursing, no cursing. You know what I mean? Just go home and write tonight. Just go home and write. I will not curse on camera tomorrow. I will not curse on camera tomorrow. They're reciting it. It's at the top of my notebook. I've been reciting it, dude. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it, it, it's a small anxiety. I don't. I don't normally suffer anxiety, but that one gives me a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Yeah. Okay. Just a little. You know, just like a little. Like, <laughs> just a, just a little. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me sweat. There's a bead of sweat now. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like whoa. You know. It's like that. It's like that. You got one shot, one opportunity. You know, half a million dollars, or you just go home being ridiculed. Your choice. Make that Ooh. shot. Talk about go big or go home. But I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive. I'm, I'm gonna be okay. Oh yeah. You know I mean? I'm pretty positive. I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, I go first. Mike. Mike. Most of Mike's set is clean, so <laughs> Mike will pick up the slack. You know, what I mean, worst comes. Worst comes to worst, but I. I intend to give the audience what they need tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And do you guys, like, have a pattern that you have there? Like, I remember talking to you to Erie, how, like, you said, like, you go and start up with, like, sometimes you'll start up with a local comedian. Like, you had um, Aaron Forsythe, the one you, you know. Right. And then, like, you go in, and then Mike's, like, clean up. Like, Mike, like, it's kind of like a war strategy or something, right? Right, right. So, 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 like tomorrow, mm-hmm. we have the local radio personality. He's going to open for us. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on as usual right after him, and then Mike will go on for his hour and knock it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the cool thing. Mike gets an hour. I think by the end of the hour, you forgot me personally. You know what I mean? Like, you know that that's how competitions work. Um, if you're in a competition of ten, and you're one of the first four, 
you're probably going to be forgotten unless you were you had them in stitches. You know what I mean? Usually yeah. because usually the last three get remembered the most. You know what I'm saying? Because they're freshers. So you know, me try to keep that in mind. You know what I'm saying? So the more time that goes on, and you're early on, you can be easily forgotten unless you made such an impact that you know what I mean they couldn't wait to talk to you after the show. You know what I mean? Which which you can get sometimes, which is nice. It's a nice feeling. You know what I mean? When people want to stick around to take a picture with you or you know just to talk to you and stuff, it's a pretty good feeling. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's nice. Absolutely. Have you ever met like anyone after the show that's really impacted you, like left a lasting memory? Or something? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the perfect, perfect example. The show in Mount Union. Um, the young lady. Um, we recorded the show. Um, if any, if anybody ever sees that show, there's a young lady that um she steps in front of me a couple of times in the very beginning of my set, and I make a couple of jokes with her or whatever. And you know, I come to find out she's a, a cancer survivor. You know what I mean? So I mean, she was gorgeous. Oh, she had a. She was wearing um, uh, she was wearing like a bandana, and, and she was bald at the time because of the chemo and stuff. But she was absolutely gorgeous, and she said it was the first time she'd been out in a long time. And she said I had her in tears, and she said she really appreciate the the good time because you know, hey, I I busted her chops. She threw it back. You know, we we talked all. You know, we busted the balls while I did my set after the show. We had a few drinks, talks. She told me her story. Um, we exchanged numbers. Um, every once in a while, she'll throw me a text. But she impacted me because it was great to know that I impacted someone who who, who survived cancer, man. Like cancer is everybody don't get lucky to survive that shit, man. No, I know. I've got a few friends battling it right now. I don't know what you mean. You know, but, so so, yeah, so if they survive it, you, you, you know, my, my, all my best to your friends who are going yeah. through it, man. Because cancer is a motherfucker, bro. Oh, you tell me about it. Tell me about it. But you know what I say. Laughter is one of the best medicines out there. You know it, sir. You know it. Yep. Sir. Tell them I can tell them I can push them back from stage four to stage three. Come to my show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I Absolutely. Absolutely. What is some what um let's end on this question. What would you what would you say to someone who's going through a rough time right now? Like through this pandemic, through cancer, through like any situation, what would be some humorous things that you would tell them? Just to get them to forget their trouble, you know. Oh shit! That there's just so much, man. I mean, I'm not a political guy, but just look at the president in general. He do, he does look like a short, portly little cheese puff, and you think like just look at all the little things in life. You know what I mean? Like just just at the end of the day, the best thing is the fact that regardless if you're going through the cancer or whatever, which isn't a great thing, but at the end of the day, if you're alive. And there's hope. Um, enjoy what you have, and let's hope that hope comes through for you. You know what I mean? Like, like the young lady at Mount Union, she beat the cancer. So God bless her, man. Right? God bless her. Well, she lost some hair. She didn't lose herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the beauty comes from inside. I know many women who are cosmetically gorgeous on the outside. And have the ugliest souls, dude. And that paints a bigger picture on the outside. You know what I mean? Your insides paint a huge picture of who you are outside. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care. You, hey, listen, I've I've lived my life a great portion of it being judgmental towards others. I'll be the first one is to sit there and say something about someone without even trying to understand where they're coming from. 
And then come to find out I'm, I'm judgmental about a person because of their appearance. Oh, that person's this. They come out to be like, that's what's the sweetest fucking person on the planet I've met so far. But yet, I had this rotten opinion of them because of what I thought I saw of them without even speaking to them, letting them tell me a little about themselves. And that's the problem we all have as individuals. That's the problem with all the chaos. People get a clip. Oh, look at what just happened here. This person did this. Um, is that what you saw? Or that's what the next person who posted this told you? Because that's what's called the pack mentality. People go, the pack mentality? Hey, take a room of dogs sleeping. There's 30 dogs in one room. They're all asleep. One dog gets up and starts barking at the door. The other 29 will get up and start barking at the door. Right? Hey, what are we barking at? I don't know, but he's barking. Just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. That's the pack mentality. You look stupid because you don't have any facts. You just, you know, and I was that guy, quick to judge someone long before I met them, long before I took the liberty of hearing what comes out of their mouth. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's where I think that's where I think age of maturity comes to play. I'm going to be 50 this year, Nick. I'm going to be 50 years old on New Year's Eve, everybody. Next birthday, y'all. New Year's Eve, Capricorn. Party. You know it, baby. I'm gonna have a dinner party this year. I'm gonna Ooh. keep it gonna keep it very adult and fancy. <laughs> huh? Huh? Yeah, you can make it down from Erie. You're more than welcome to. Sweet. Heck yeah, I'm gonna invite you and your girl down and come chill. Absolutely. What? I'm gonna do it all. All dirt, you know, the light music, Ooh. you know what I mean? A little champagne, you know, and the and the other stuff, of course. You know what I mean? It, it's a sinner's party, so you gotta check your Bible at the door. But mm -hmm. everything's you get it back in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you get it back in the morning when you need it. Hey, I'm gonna be 50. You know what I mean? Half a century is it's it's a great milestone, especially mm -hmm. coming from the environment I come from. You know what I mean? Growing up in Spanish Harlem, we weren't supposed to throw moms and shit. You know what I mean? Doing all right, man. Life is good. I'm I'm not angry at where I'm at in life. You know, I'm big on baby. Little, little. <laughs> big on. Absolutely. Bigger next to Big Nick. Big, but you know what I'm going to call you? Slick Nick. That's I like it. Slick Nick. That's my man. You know? I love it. Working on them jokes, dude? I am. I am. Got the notebook right here. Nice. Nice. Actually, and, you, you, and, 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 you know, me asking you in return, even though it's my interview, mm -hmm. where do you get your influences for your jokes? Same thing? Yeah, life. For one, I always tell people, you and me walk out the door, you know? You have more of an advantage than other people in this case. But you and me walk out the door, and our goal is to get five new jokes by the time we come back home tonight, let's say it's 7 o'clock. Say we leave early in the morning, 8 o'clock. You know, by 7 o'clock, we have to have five new jokes. You might have to walk around the entire city and, like, you know, look at things. I could stand in the exact same place that I started for that entire time. You have you could think of four good jokes and a really killer joke. I got five jokes just standing here, just from people passing by. You know? So, just all that stuff. So it's all about like how people perceive me. It's all about just paying attention to life, and I get a lot of situations too. For example, my girlfriend is a huge help with this. Um, she's actually done a little comedy with me, like uh. 
we call ourselves LLCC, Little Laugh Comedy Couple. <laughs> and um, the other, like the other day, we celebrated our six month anniversary. Oh, thank you. She sent me. We sent each other care packages, and she sent me in mine Swedish fish. So that night, we decide we're going to watch a movie, and we discuss it, and we finally vote on Finding Nemo. It got to the point. Have you seen that movie? Great movie. Exactly. It got to the point where the sharks were at their um, their intervention meeting and saying the motto, fish are friends, not food. I'm here looking at the Swedish fish like, well, that lasted. <laughs> right? Poor Swedish yeah. guys. Oh, those yeah. Swedish are so addicting, aren't they? Oh, they're the best. Oh, addicting, though. Oh, the best. And then it goes, fish are friends, not food. I just look at them, the thing's looking back at me. I'm like, darn it. Oh, well. And it was the good, like, it was a type of, like, you know, you're really, I was at that point where you're really enjoying them. Like, you know, you're watching the movie and you're just eating them one by one and all that. What's, what's in the shark's name? Like, Bruce? Is it yeah. Right, Bruce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great movie. Listen, and, and that Finding Dory, terrible. Yeah. Oh, mm. terrible movie. They, I don't even know why they even, that was terrible. One of those, one of those things where you, you know, why do you make a sequel? You know, and why yeah. you make it? You're supposed to make it immediately, not a million years later. You're supposed to keep it fresh, or keep it with a story. Like keep a story through it. Like all these years have passed. Here's how this person, like Toy Story, for example. You know, Toy Story went from being a kid to, you know, ten years later, Andy's in college. He's in college, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then soon, I think Toy Story Five, he's gonna have a grandkid. No, I'm just mm. kidding. Yeah. No, Toy Story Five is bound to come out. Woody and Homegirl should have a kid by now. Or you know, come to find out they have a kid, and it looks like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> That's a fucking cartoon for you, <laughs> right? One of those situations. And shit, you know. Yeah. And they, I'll be honest with you, if they have a kid, I got a lot of questions for Pixar. Okay. <laughs> I got AI. a lot of questions for Pixar. AI, baby. That artificial intelligence, baby. Exactly. They're breeding. Exactly. All righty. Any final comments or remarks you want to make or anything like that? No. Any um, spontaneous questions? Anything you want to know? Anything? I think we've covered mostly everything, you know? I, like, I said, like, uh, like you said, you got your show in Watertown tomorrow. Yep. I wish you the best, best of luck. I hope once you know everything starts rebuilding, you guys just kill it because I love what you guys do. I brought you on the show because I love what you guys stand for with the whole donating to veterans. You know, I really many, appreciate it. Many comedians nowadays, and I know a lot of them are going to send me angry messages after this. You know, many comedians at this are in it for themselves. They're, they're, oh, you ain't lying. Yet they're in it for themselves. They're in it for the big game. They're in it just to see what they can get out of it but it's like you know it's like the hobby it's like sports you know if you're in it for yourself if you're in it for the fame the glory you're gonna be the teammate that everyone you know dodges in practice or doesn't care about if you're in it for the team because there's a fan out there that not just a -A make-a-wish kid but someone that you truly met and truly impacted and you want to win for them you're gonna be the most player of all time you know, even if you score two points a game or something like that, even if you, you know, even if like you're a baseball player and the most you got tonight was a single or, you know, you're a football player and you just got one catch tonight. If you're that great guy, 
people are going to love you. You know? Right, it doesn't matter. You, you did your part to help the team. You don't always got to be the guy that scored the touchdown. You can be the guy that laid the block for the guy to score the touchdown. Exactly. But you got to be a team player. Exactly, and that's you why I love about you guys. You know, that's what makes me and Mike good. People don't understand that. Like some people, um, you know how you go, and uh, you know how Mike's the headliner and I'm the feature. Some mm-hmm. people think being a headliner. Some people could be a diva about it. Mike's not a diva. Mike mm-hmm. never sent. Hey, we did a show once. I was up there for like 47 minutes. Mike didn't go, yo, man, you went a little too long or whatever. No, it was a great show. The audience, I did a lot of um crowd participation. The audience kept me in the show longer. But he didn't have an issue with it. All oh, this bullshit. But never was a, a conflict about time or anything like that. Well, Mike was never a diva about the situation. And you know how um we raise money for the vets. We don't even just raise money for that. Like you see tomorrow's event. It's for the zoo. We're raising money for the zoo. We want to keep the zoo open. We think it's important for zoos to remain open, for families to take their children and children to learn about animals. You can't get to the jungle. You can't get to the wilderness to show children what's going, you know, the animals of the world. But you can get get them to the zoo. And let's keep those open. You know what I'm saying? And for those of you who are watching this in the future or are watching it now, I'm just asking you, go to your cupboards. You know what I mean? Go, go, go through... Go through your pantry, see what you got. Donate food to the local bank. You know, um, go to your local legion. They even have food banks. Donate it to them so they can get to the vets. But a lot of you got food that you just don't eat, and it's just taking up space. Give it to someone who can utilize it. Amen. Give it your coverage. You know what I mean? Even if it's old food. Hey, trust me, those dates on the cans and all that is just a guideline. You see Z Nation. You see the, the Walking Dead. All that shit. Well, you think you want to eat a can of peaches three years later? If you opened it and it seemed okay, did damn skip it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Donate people, give to the veterans. They really need you, man. Absolutely. They need bad. You know, right, Nick? Absolutely. You got you you the nail on the head. You Thank hit the you for having me on, Nick, man. I'm Thank having you for coming. Mike Bowman, the bigger tall comedy tour, y'all. You Absolutely. This is Big Earn. This is Buddy Cast. Thanks for being a buddy, man. You know it, brother, and thank you. Yep. Hang around for a minute afterwards. Yeah, no problem, brother. All righty. We'll see you all soon.